0: The crucible refining pot or metal container, that's what a crucible is, is for silver. And the furnace is for gold. And the Lord tests the hearts. Now turn to Psalm 66. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs and let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you has brought us out to a place of abundance. You know, a lot of, a lot of people like the word abundance, but they want to ignore everything else before that, right? But we we'll want to talk about that later on. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10. And after you have suffered, speaking to Christians now, Peter the Apostle, A little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself, this is what he's going to do, restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Now, today is Mother's Day, and I'm sure you all have plans after the service. We appreciate all the mothers because... Of the tremendous sacrifices they have made. Their sacrifices would start on the day you and I were conceived. You know, the guys, we just show up for the party. That's all we do. No matter how amazing of a father you are, and many of you are an amazing father. But you know, we just show up for the party. But mothers, they started their Journey of suffering, if you may. The day you and I were conceived, they will have morning sickness. They will have to be careful about the things they eat. They can't eat whatever they want to eat. They need to make sacrifices. And as the day goes by, as the days go by, sorry, the suffering is intensifying. Until the stomach is so big, they can't s- sleep on their back, they have to sleep on the side. Every time they move, they gotta <laughs> move like that. And their whole beautiful body is completely wrecked. Right? Then they walk around carrying the baby. And, you know, when they're going through the process, there are all kinds of chemicals that shooting into their brain. They, they feel emotionally not well sometimes, you know. They miss all the fun things to do. They can't ride a bike when they're that big. They can't go swimming. I guess they can go swimming. Yeah, I guess they can go swimming. They can go play tennis, that's for sure. They have to be extremely careful for the little ones. They're caring. And come the climax when they have to deliver the baby, especially the first-time mother. Oh, it's painful. Some brave soul would go natural. No epidural, just natural. And their flesh is being ripped apart so that they can bring life. So a newborn. And the dad would stand there, try to be brave, and then faint. <laughs> they can't handle the blood. And that's the beginning of a long journey of pain and suffering for the rest of their life, for their children. They say that when your children is born, it's like a heart walking outside. Every time... When they are hurt, you're hurt. Every time they are sad, you're sad. Every t- you, sometimes you want to help them, but you, can't, you don't know how, what to do. All the pains and suffering were endured. Listen. So that you and I can be where we at. Can do what we do. You say, My mother didn't really suffer that much. Oh, by bringing you into the world is enough. Whenever you see a successful athlete, a successful business person, a professional, or a minister, chances are, not always, but the majority of the time, there was a mother behind these great individuals that had made incredible sacrifices. These sacrifices were not there. If we were not there, would not have yielded the many great men and women that we know today. That's why, if you were to read 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, you pay attention when it talks about the different kings as being brought forth. The Bible always mentioned their mother's name. Not just for identity, but to demonstrate the fruit of a woman behind a great king. Some kings are just not serving God. If you will trace the mother, most of the time, not all the time, had not been serving God. In a family... If the mothers don't serve God, it will be a great struggle for the father and the children to serve God. So mothers are extremely important. But I want to talk about the sacrifices they had, the sacrifices that have endured. They brought about the great fruits, you and I this morning. Without the sacrifices, you wouldn't be here. As I say, without the sacrifices, without the hardship, without the challenges, without all the pain and all the sorrow and anxiety, all the price that somebody had to pay, but the mother, all, they all paid it. We wouldn't be here today. In other words, we are the fruits of someone that had been paying a lot of Anxiety, pain, sufferings, trials. We are the product of tremendous challenges that somebody had faced. Sufferings and anxiety somebody had faced. Now last week, we spoke about two kings. One was David, who, was right, who had a right heart. The other one was his great-great-great-great-grandson, Amaziah, he did not have the right heart. Now David was the most powerful king in the history of Israel. He finished his life on top of the world. Israel was a superpower. The other, Amaziah, on the other hand, ended up being hunt down by his own officials and killed. But the contrast of the two kings is more than success and failures. Indeed, we last week we spoke about the hearts of the two kings who are vastly different. One, serve God. One, follow God wholeheartedly. The other one, not so much. Now this week, I want to look into greater details of these two lives. Now I'm going to connect back to the suffering of the mother, okay? don't, Don't think I just lost it, okay? You see, what shaped David's heart and therefore his life? What made David David is really the challenges, listen, and the trials that he faced through his life. You know, if you look at David's life, his life was full of wars and battles. Swords had never left his family. From his day as a shepherd, he had to fight the wild beasts despised by his family mocked by his brothers forgotten by his own parents to the day he became a king he was constantly needed to watch out for his life his survival his 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 kingdom his family in first kings chapter 5 verse 1 to 3, that was after King David had passed away, King Solomon wrote a letter to another king describing about his father. And this is what he say. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon when he heard that they had anointed him king in the place of his fathers. For Hiram always loved David. And Solomon sent a word to Hiram. This is what he said. You know that David, my father, could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God because of warfare with which his enemies surrounded him until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. In other words, David became David because he'd allowed, listen to me, trials and wars and challenges to shape him. David never gave up even when his own people wanted to stone him of the things that had nothing to do with him. His people were thinking of stoning him when other robbers and thieves had robbed their family. What did David do? David didn't do any of those, but because he was the leader, his people wanted him to be stoned. But the Word of God says that David, in the midst of trials and challenges, Encourage himself. He never gave up. You don't see David complain a lot. Always learning and open to God's teaching and training through, watch this, harsh circumstances. While praising God all along. Like a mother would never complain about the suffering that she would experience. But the persistency of enduring what they had to endure, produce you and I. Back to David. You see, trials and tribulation is what I call process. And that process is what produced you and I. The process that the mother had to go through. And the process that David, the king, had to That David had to go through produced an incredible king and an incredible kingdom. But if you were to pay attention to David's life, he's always embraced the process, always embraced the challenges and trials all his life. And so he became better and better. On the other hand, as soon as Amaziah succeeded in the initial years of his reign, he abandoned God, became unfaithful, and you know the stories. He got chased down by his Fisherman and eventually got killed. I want you to remember these three words I'm going to say Process produces products. Everybody says, process produces product. Without process, there is no product. If you want to have gold as a product and you don't go through the process, you won't have that product. Process is necessary for any good thing. We live in a product end result culture that focus just on the end result. We see some successful people. We say, I want that. But we never are willing to go through the process to get there. A lot of young preachers, they see successful pastors, oh, look at that person who can minister so effectively, who can lay hands on people and see people get healed, who has results in his ministry, but had never known the number of tears, the amount of tears this preacher had to go through and the prayer this preacher had to go through, the the trials and the challenges that this preacher had to go through to become who he is or she is. We like the healthy body, but we refuse the process to get there. We make a decision to go to the gym, and halfway through, we see a donut shop, and we change our mind. And we wonder why we don't have this awesome, fitted body. We want to be like God, as the Bible has called us to be like God. But we refuse the process that Jesus has demonstrated to us. That is to die even to himself before he became glorified. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 17 to 18. For this like momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory before all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen is eternal, are eternal. Do you realize that every single individual sitting in this room, you had an amazing potential to change the world? And that the dreams that God had placed in you, like the dreams that God has placed in the mothers for the children, God had placed in you those dreams himself. And it is his intention that every single one of you achieve your dreams. Unfortunately, most of us don't want to go through the process to get to the dream. We think of trials and tribulations as just hindrances. But let me tell you this, all the trials and tribulations that you go through are steps that bring you closer to your destiny. Do you hear that? Your opportunity comes closer when you're willing to go through the opposition. Most of us don't like the idea of trials. But I want to tell you this, None of us can avoid the process to get to our destiny. To be God what has called us to be. None of us can. You will not be the first Christians in the history of mankind to avoid process. We love to avoid process because we've been sold the bill of goods that you can have them all without working for it. We resist process. We resist trials. We resist opposition. We do everything in our power to avoid them. But I want to tell you this: listen, the longer you resist the process, the longer the process becomes. Some of you, I think I'm speaking to somebody this morning. That You're going through some challenges in your life. You're going through some hardship. But instead of looking for ways to avoid it, I want to encourage you this morning to look at it as a step for your next, as a step to bring you closer to the destiny God had placed in your life. And if I were to title my sermon this morning, I want to call it Embrace the Process. You and I need to see process not as something that is negative. Oh, there'll be opposition. Oh, there'll be trials. Look at them as an opportunity to take you closer to your destiny. You know, we have uh, 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 a number of very successful people in their own field, you know, medical doctors, uh, 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 managers, directors, uh, business people in this church, you know. I would tell you this, every successful individuals have to go through their process to become who they are today. There is no easy road. If you're looking for easy, honey, you will not see the product. The Word of God says that God tests our heart like silver is being tested. Sorry, gold being tested in fire. Like silver being refined in fire. He tests our heart. He goes back to the heart issues. So, so you know, we spoke about the heart issues last, last week. You know, some of us, God has this gift that he wants to give us, but we don't have the character to possess it or even keep it even if he'd given to us without us going through the process. I want to encourage you this morning. If you're in the process of challenges and opposition, I want to encourage you not to try your best to avoid them. A lot of people when they go through processes and challenges they try to avoid them it's human nature we want to avoid pain I mean I want to ask the mothers would you take the choice of giving a, ch- a birth to a child without any birth pain would you take that just just let it just bloop comes out no problem now wouldn't that be wonderful no pain A lot of us try our best to avoid pain. We are a pain, we have a pain-avoiding culture. We do anything, pay any price to avoid pain. Some of us would also often looking for places and people to blame when we go into trials and challenges. Oh, it's the pastor of the church, you know, that's why I'm not seeing this. Oh, it's my mother. Oh, it's my father. Oh, it's my boss. He's so mean. That's why I didn't get my promotion. They, they, they just didn't, look, they didn't see the potential. We're blaming people for the lack of success in our lives. We're blaming our spouse. We're blaming our children. Blaming about the society. Blaming about our, 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 our lives. We haven't had a good life. We blame people. We place blame. Some even worse, as Job's wife has suggested, curse God and die. They curse God, they blame God. So again, this morning, I want to encourage you. If you're going through trials, if you're in in the middle of challenges, I want you to know that God sent those challenges to you so that you can step over them. And go closer to your destiny. I want to encourage you to embrace the process. Embrace it. Don't run from it. Know that the process is what's going to make you who he wants you to make you to be. To enjoy the destiny that he had purposed and planned for you from the day You were born, in fact, even before you were born. So how do you embrace the process? I'm going to spend the next few minutes to challenge you to embrace the process. And I'm going to share with you how it is that you can embrace the process. The first thing is to realize that each challenges... Each of the challenges and difficulties we face is a process to build us and make us better. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. James chapter 1. So next time, this, this is for you. So if you're in the middle of Trump's crisis right now, or you're in the middle of challenges... This is for you. And some people say, well, my life is great. That's good. But you know, you all know, for those of us who are mature, we always go through from trials to trials, challenges to challenges. They are not meant to set us back. They are not meant to push us back. They are meant to build us up and give us a step to go to our destination, to our destiny. So I want to ask you to rethink how to embrace and handle challenges. So number one in James chapter 1, Verse 2 to 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that, here it is. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. We preach about that before. So every trials, you need to remember that the trials is there to produce steadfastness so that it may, we may be perfect. Not the circumstances may be perfect. Not the situation may be perfect because the circumstances and situation will never be perfect. We're living in a sinful world that you may be perfect You say, is it possible that I'm perfect? Yes, it is possible that you're perfect. Complete. Complete. And lacking in nothing. Every trials that come is an opportunity to be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. Or say it again. Every trials, come on, let's praise the Lord. It's for you to have an opportunity to be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. Number two, the way to embrace trials and processes is to praise and worship God. Romans chapter 4, verse 19 to 21. You all know the scriptures about Abraham. Abraham did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead. 19 to 21, sorry. Romans chapter 4, verse 19 to 21. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was, he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God and fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. I tell you, one of the best ways to overcome challenges in your life is to praise and worship God. Because when you praise and worship God, you're being brought closer to His presence and that His presence inhabits your situation and His presence will deal with the situation rather than you. And He will give you the faith and the strength to overcome the trials that you need to overcome. Remember this, the longer you resist the process, the longer the process becomes. So instead of resisting the process, if you find yourself in one of those, just say, thank you, Jesus. I praise you. The Bible says give thanks to God in every situation, not for every situation. It's kind of silly. I heard a preacher used to say, you need to thank God for everything. Well, no, you know, if, if something bad happened, I'm going to thank God for it. But I will thank God in the midst of it. Because if you thank God for problems, problems will come, come more often. <laughs> Don't thank God for the problem. You thank God in your problem. Lord, I just lost my job, but praise God because it's one step closer to the destiny that you have placed over my life. I just, I just missed the promotion, but bless God, I'm one step closer to the destination that you had intended for me. Every trials, every challenges, give praise to God. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for my children. Oh, they're, they're not where they're at right now, and I'm just, I, but I thank you, I praise you. Because God wants to make you complete and perfect, lacking in nothing. The third one is joy and vision. You know, whenever you find yourself in a place of struggle, challenges so big that you can't handle, The easiest and the normal thing is to complain, as I said before, to be sad, to feel sorry for yourself. To feel depressed and discouraged. One of the things that will allow you and I to stay in faith, stay in worship, is joy. Now, we know the joy of the Lord is our strength. But you know, sometimes the joy is hard to come by. How do you get those joy? Well, go with with me to Hebrews 12, verse 2. We talked about that before. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Look at this. Jesus was going through the hardest thing any human being can go through, being crucified on the cross. He endured it. He was able to stand the pain. Why? Because he said, the word of God said, who for the joy that was set before him. He saw the finishing work. Now some of you are having a lot of challenges in your life. And the devil is telling you it's over for you. This is your lot in life. You're not going to go any further. You, you, you're going to be one of those second-class second class believers. You're not going to achieve what God had placed in your heart to achieve. Look at all the mistakes you've made and so forth. And you can get really depressed. If you look at your circumstances, you get depressed. The Word of God says, don't look at the circumstances. Look at the vision. Look at the dreams. Look at what He had given you. And keep focusing on it. And keep praising God on it. And this trials and this endurance will not be as painful celebrate you know a lot of times as a past young pastor in the old days I used to struggle with you know uh did God really call me you know did he call me to serve him in a dream that he gave me was it just my imagination and every time I'm going through the process of trials and and you know uh, problems and and people problems and so on and so forth you get really discouraged but then I go to my dreamland. You know, I, know, I, I, I don't know about you, but, but I, I like to daydream sometimes. I like to daydream. I like to daydream about what it is that God had given me in my spirit. I daydream about it. I dream of the day when people are on fire for God. So much so that they just don't want to leave the presence of God. I dream of a day of great revival in the city and that we can be partaker of it and that people come into the house of God, they will see great miracles. You say you see, revival cannot happen without miracles. Miracles is what cause changes. And so I dream of the days that miracles and miracles happen in people's lives nonstop. I dream of the day that people give their life to Jesus, and God will bring many souls into His kingdom. I would dream of that. I will dream of the day that people try to line up outside. You know, some of us, you know, would come in after 10, 40, and we find that there's no parking spot. I dream of the day that people line up to come in to worship God. I dream of the day. And those dreams were especially important at the time when this church had about 50 people. They were especially important when the people, that come to me and say, oh, you know, Pastor Paul, the Lord had told me whatever to, to go somewhere else. And I need to keep my eyes on Jesus and the dream that he'd given me and keep pressing in and pressing in. And when I see those dreams, I become joyful again. Just think about your dream. What is it that God had given you A healthy body, and that your body will be completely healed from pain. Just think about that. The day that there will be no more pain when you walk. There'll be no more pain when you sleep. There'll be no more pain when you when you when when you when you try to run. Think about that day. Think about the day when you're healthy. Think about the day that when your children would come home and serve the Lord. Think about the day that when all your debts are being paid for. Think about the day that when all troubles would be, would be behind you and that you were enjoying the fruits of all that you have endured. Think about those days. Some of you in university... <laughs> You know, university days sometimes seems longer than necessary, you know. Oh my goodness. But think about the days when you finally graduate. I tell you this, university and I, we were not good friends. You all know that, right? We just I just hated school. But I knew I need to finish university. So you know I had to study. I had to study. And all the rest of the people, some of my friends, you know, especially some of the friends in school, and in in churches, they're like, oh, you know, God had called me to do something else. I don't need to go to university. I said, okay, whatever. But I knew how important university was. And, you know, in my final year, which was the hardest because it's like I'm almost running out of steam, right? In my final years, I always have this picture that I would drive my car, The Don Valley River. Do you know where there is? How many of you know what Don Valley River is? You know Don Valley Parkway, you know? I would drive my car to Don Valley Rivers. I would take my knapsack and I would throw it into the river and never to see it again. I had the dream in my head. Until the last test and last exam, I, I remember, you know, in the last exam, I thought to myself, okay, as soon as I finish this exam, I'm going to walk out of here, get into my car, and start driving to Don Rivers and throw my knapsack with all the pencil, pens, and calculators, and whatever. It's like, shaka, I see you later, Charlie. I'm not going to deal with you for the rest of my life. And something happened after I wrote my last exam. A thought came in. What if you fail this? (laughs) You might have to take the course again. And then, you know, you think about people will complain, you know, against you about throwing garbage into Don Rivers, you know. So I didn't do it. But the idea was fascinating. They never had to deal with school Again. Joy comes from the hope of the end results, the final products, the final outcome. Focus on that, not the pain of the process which the devil wants us to focus on. Last point, trust and rest. You cannot rest without trusting. You remember Matthew 8, 24, Jesus slept in the boat in the middle of a storm. See, have you ever thought of the fact that Jesus knew the storm was gonna come? He knew everything. And so he got in the boat, anyways. He didn't try to avoid the storm. You know, there are people that try to avoid the storm. If you knew trouble was ahead of you, what would you do? You do everything in your power to avoid it. No, come on, speak to me. Are you here this morning? Jesus knew the storm was coming. And he got in the boat nonetheless and told his disciple, let's go. But he also knew one thing, that his life is in the hand of God. Do you know that? Because a lot of us don't know our life is in the hand of God. So we panic when the storm comes. You know, all this disciple went to Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who created everything. Why are you sleeping when the storm is coming? Do you not know that we're going to die? What a silly thing to say to the King of kings and Lord of lords who created everything. He knew it. He trusted his Father. That's why he could rest in the storm. You can't rest if you have no faith. You can't rest if you don't trust that God is good. You can't rest if you don't trust that He will bring you through the storm. But you can rest if you believe that no matter how bad the situation is, God will always bring you through. Many of you sit here this morning, especially some of you older ones, you've been through many storms in your life. You've got the scar to show for it. You've been through many trials in your life. You've got the scar to show for it. But you know, if you have gone through it faithfully and allowed that to shape you, you would say and agree with me that you're glad you've gone through those storms because you're more mature today. You're more perfect today. You're more complete today. Your steadfastness is well developed. You don't get panic as easily as before. You don't rush to make decisions that ultimately make things worse when things are not well. Every trials that you go through, Every challenges. You see, the problem with a lot of Christians, especially as charismatic Christians, is that we are so emotionally driven. You can see it on our face. We're so emotionally driven and we call it God. Are you here this morning? I know I'm speaking to somebody. We, you know, I was reading Ezekiel this week. Ezekiel 13 says, Don't you dare make God a liar. By saying this is God and this is God said this and God said that. Ezekiel says, don't make God a liar. Don't speak of the Word of God as a prophet that is out of your own imagination. And many Christians, we speak out of our own imagination and we call it God. And because we make decisions out of emotion all the time, we regret that over and over again. And so when trials come, we run away from trials because we say God wants us to run away from trials. When challenges come, we run away from challenges because we say God told us to. When people offend us, we run away from church because we say God told us to. Come on, are you here this morning? We act all spiritual, but on the inside, God is not talking. All we have is just emotion. But the Word of God says this, that every trials and every challenges that you face will make you a better person, will cause you to be complete and perfect. His desire is for you to be complete and perfect so every trials, every challenges is not to resist you to success. It's a platform. It's a step for you to get to your success. Every time you face an opposition, bless God, remember this is that He is opening up opportunity so that you can go closer to your destiny. Don't resist it. Don't run from it. Run through it in Jesus' name. You will come out over the other side, refine Fine, like gold and perfect like He had intended you to be so that you can give all the glory to God. So if you're going to trials today, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Thank God for the trials. Walk through it by grace. But if you're not going through it, you say life is great, good for you. But remember this, next time, when there is a challenge, rather than run from it, with tails between your legs and go, Mommy, you stare the challenge into the eyes. Eyeball to eyeball. You know the Word of God says that when the people of Israel were about to bring the Jericho down, with the wall of Jericho down, one of the statements that is so interesting was that the people of Israel were looking at their enemy eyeballs to eyeballs. Have you ever looked at your enemy with eyeballs or you just go, Whoa. Oh. Look at your challenges. Look at your trials. Straighten the eyes. And say to your trials Greater is He that is in me that you try to stop me. Greater is He that is in me that you try to prevent me. Look into the eyes of your trials. In other words, look into the eyes of your devil. Last story, then we'll close. I know, I promise. I just another story just came out. You know, growing up as a kid, I always had this experience in my sleep. is that in the middle of the night, often, maybe once a month or once every few months, I would feel a demons would just sit on me, and I couldn't breathe. And you know, I share with some with some of you this 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 testimony. It's happened all my life. So I I'll be sleeping and then this demon will something. I don't know whether I don't know what it is, it's just heavy. And I would paralyze and I will not be able to speak. You see, we Christians been taught, you know, when you when you're attacked by the devil, you know what you do? In Jesus they might cast you out. What if you can't say in Jesus they might cast you out? I I couldn't say anything. I mean, my, I just couldn't. I would just struggle through the night. And it will go away. And then after a few months, you know, it will come back again. It was an awful feeling. Every time it happens, it's an awful feeling. All the way until I grew up. And up, to, t- up till to about the last, about seven or eight years ago, I think. It came. And I had a revelation of looking into the eyes of my enemy. Eyeball to eyeball. So we came one night and I couldn't move. I feel like my, my lips were sewn. I couldn't say in Jesus' name. I could only think. So in that midst of struggle, I remember the promise of God. He can't touch me. The devil can't touch me unless, you know, God had me taken care of. He can't touch me. He, even if he tries, all he does is just scare me like a roaring lion. Not a roaring lion, just like one because He's powerless. And get my emotion woke up so i said in my mind when he was all over me i couldn't breathe or whatever i said to the devil or whatever that was on me is that the best you can do i actually said that you know there was some fear in me I said don't say that because he's going to be mad and kill you right but you know my faith was rising in me in my sleep i said come on is that the best you can do Come on, man. Do more. Come on. I was daring him. I said, come on. Is that the best? Oh, you're so small. You're nothing. I was taunting him, taunting him, and taunting him. And he left. And see since he left, I have never experienced that till today. When you can look into the eyes of your enemy, eyeball to eyeball, and walk through it. Don't run from it you will be one step closer to your destiny.